you know, as Christians, we have to understand and, and be real with where we are. That's what we have to see first, individually. And what where our mindset is and what we desire. Airing the Addisons. I think what God is really calling us back to, it's those individual personal revivals in our own lives where we're like, oh Lord, what have we done? We have minimized you. Promoting truth, wisdom, and empowerment. As the church, man, we should be on the forefront yes. of making disciples, of indoctrination and godly things. If we don't train our kids, they will not be able to stand. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Erin Addison's. On American Family Radio. Thank you so much for listening. I'm Miki. And I'm Will. And um, J-Mac is on tap. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Adam B. We don't know where Adam B. is. He will be here, though. <laughs> he will. I just, I'm, I I don't know. <laughs> I hope. Yeah, I hope. Faith. Yeah, faith. Uh, well, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And and, and interestingly enough, it's actually based on track record. Okay. Right? So yeah. it's not, it's yeah. not a faith that's just pulled out of the air. Yeah. It's faith in a former, it's it's faith in a, in a record. Yes. So he's been here. You see what I'm doing here, yeah, right? No, okay. All right. Gotcha. Yeah. All right. All right. We all right, got all right, you. All right. Um, all right. So so today I, I want to talk about the next um, page in um, the liberal playbook, in the enemies of God playbook, yes, those who are the enemies of God. The enemies of God playbook. Yeah. yeah. I, I want to look I at the next right. the next page in that playbook because there, there are things that happen um that becomes sort of like the uh, it's almost like they drop their binder and it opens to their next page. They're not <laughs> full on there yet, but it kind of opens to their next page and they drop sort of like a line that you could, if you, you know, are paying attention, you can pick up that line, you can grab that information and then you kind of recognize that this is where we're probably going to go here. in just a little bit, I would say we're probably already here. So this is not that much. Um, this is not as cutting edge as as uh, we might think. Yeah. So do you remember back in 2016, following the election of President Donald Trump, mm-hmm. and there were all of these um, pieces that were done about the about the white evangelicals, right? Yes. Which And you remember me talking at the time, I was like, man, but what about the black ones, though? And they were all like, right. oh, y'all don't exist, you know? And so <laughs> no I re- no such thing. And so you remember me saying something. Um, I can I can see where we were. Uh, we were still uh, obviously during the morning show. And I remember saying, uh, OK, that's the next battlefront that is going to become the pejorative term. That is going to be sort of like the um, the inappropriate word mm-hmm. evangelical, mm-hmm. evangelical, because that was a major upset. That was a that was seen as a major defeat. Right. And so what's going to be the aim? I remember saying this going forward it is going to be that Christians who would call themselves evangelical um, are going to be silenced. Um, Some of it self-censorship because Mm. of being afraid to be seen as that person. Mm. Right. I remember saying that. I remember saying, hold on, that's where the next battle is going to be. And sure enough, what did we see for the next four years? Um, Well, five, six, um, (laughs) we have seen evangelical be, a bad word, yes. the word that has to be bleeped out, which is interesting because even words that have to be bleeped out don't get bleeped out today in our culture, right? <laughs> right but right. evangelical is one of those words. It's, it's one yeah. of the things that um, if you describe yourself this way, you're seen as hateful. And unfortunately, Christians are really good at getting rid of those things that make them peculiar in culture. Mm. As soon as the heat 
turns up, mm-hmm. you know, in one particular area of a Christian's life, whether that's, a, a, you know, our name, um, our belief in the authority of Scripture and our attempts to live by it. Whenever the heat gets turned up in that area and attention is drawn to us, unfortunately, and I wish this were not true, we are really good at just getting out from under that. We're mm-hmm. like, mm. Too hot it's too here. hot over there. I can't. Yeah. I so so we're like. I'm not an evangelical. I'm not an evangelical. And so we yeah. saw this great migration away from the term evangelical, and and you remember preemptively, if you will, um, we said, hold on a second, guys, because I I you, you watch culture enough, you can see when those shifts are going to happen. Yeah. And so what we said was, hold on a second, let's go through the definitions of what it is to be an evangelical. Mm-hmm. So before you get to the place where you're just like, well, I don't want to be called that. I don't want to be called. Let's look at, let's define that. Let's look at what, you know, how, how we look, you know, and yeah. why we would call ourselves right. that. So we and spent we did several different shows we, looking yeah, at Yeah, and we did that. And we were like, well, that's us. That's us. We, we that's, are. That's, <laughs> that is any faithful Bible-believing Christian. You believe that there is one way to God. It mm-hmm. is through the Lord Jesus Christ. You mm-hmm. believe that you've been commanded to tell people that. Mm-hmm. You believe that the word of God is authoritative, <laughs> that it is, in fact, God's word. Okay? Yes. You are an evangelical. You believe in personal holiness. You believe that God calls you to holiness as a result of your conversion. But it tagged on, like, white to that. so Which is not one of the descriptions. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> among evangelicals, it, which is not one of the descriptions, actually. Yeah. Yeah. All of the descriptions can comfortably be worn <laughs> by people all around the world. Exactly. Now you don't have to, but just I think it's important to know yeah. what an evangelical is, like how what mm-hmm. that is actually defined as. Okay. So we went through this for a good chunk of time. Yeah. We went through this description. And why? Because we feel like that's one of the reasons you tune in to hear us talk about what's happening in culture, because hopefully by God's grace, we're going to provide not only some insight, but also say, hey, let's look down the road here and let's see what they're doing. Mm-hmm. All right. So what's going on right now? And, and, and I say all of that as the setup because I'm observing something that's happening. And I want to encourage the body of Christ today in some very specific ways. And I'm going to be very direct here because I see the tendency among Christians to retreat. Mm. Okay. And I want to talk about crisis pregnancy centers in this country. And even though I'm going to, we, we are going to unpack this discussion. I usually don't like to just walk up and say, run. I kind of <laughs> like to do a little stroll That's and kind of get through. Will the great is the run like, <laughs> Hey, move. Okay. He jumps to the end. He's like, this is ultimately, here's what we're saying. I tend to not want to do that, but today I'm going to do that. And here's what I'm going to say. And then we'll back up and kind of take a look at the playbook being revealed in our country. Yeah. If you are a Christian, even if you're a non-Christian, man, I hope you would I, I hope you would come to know Christ, right? But I'm well aware that there are people who listen to this program who do not uh, share our faith. Um, but I want to speak specifically to Christians. You have to support crisis pregnancy centers. Yeah. You have to support crisis pregnancy centers in your area specifically. They need your financial support. If you work in law enforcement, you have to volunteer to protect crisis pregnancy centers. Mm. You have to show up. Like there, there are times where people are like, well, we don't know. What, what do we, what could we do? I don't know. I don't know how to counsel. Okay. So remember we talked about all of the things that crisis pregnancy centers do, but here is what we can know for sure. Um, based on the dropping of the notebook yeah. and the page opening to the next steps, mm-hmm. right? 
is that the attack and the threat against crisis pregnancy centers in this country is very real. Right. It is very real. And so what happens here now at this moment, this is post-Roe America, many, many Christians are kind of sitting back and saying, well, we won. It <laughs> took us five decades, but we won. Mm. And so we're good, right? Mm. You guys can do something else, right? No, actually they can't because what crisis pregnancy centers do and have done is not just counsel women in the area of abortion or say your baby has a value and worth. No, there's so much more that crisis pregnancy centers do. And so when we talk about that, that problem isn't going away. In fact, that problem is intensifying. And let me just tell you, <laughs> when wicked people pick up on that fact, mm -hmm. that means it's glaringly obvious. Yes. Okay? So when wicked people are saying, hey, the crisis pregnancy centers are a problem, mm -hmm. okay, then that means that the services that are provided there are indeed, as we know they are, they are a threat to darkness. That's right. So we want to talk about this. want to look at um, what's at stake here in this country and, again, encourage Christians in your local area to support the ministry outreach, whether that's your church or whether that's your church um, that is supporting a crisis pregnancy center mm -hmm. or whether that's you doing it personally, if you are in law enforcement, if that's you volunteering, volunteering once a, once a week to go and say, Hey, I'm, 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 I'm off duty. I'm going out there. I'm going to be a presence. Um, we need all hands on deck yeah. because we still have women in crisis situations, right? We still have women who are experiencing the very real um, situation where they're like, I don't know what I'm going to do. I don't know how to walk through this. And we need all of the services and, and so much more. We need all of the services that crisis pregnancy centers provide. That's right. So I was watching some of the clips from uh, Tuesday Senate Judiciary Committee hearing, the, the post-Roe America hearing. Mm -hmm. The official title of it or the, the name of the hearing was post-Roe America, the legal consequences of the Dobbs decision. And I just want to play some clips. We got a few of those and then one that's not from the hearing. Um, we'll talk about that when we get there. <laughs> but I just want to play some of these and then I just want to make some observations and then we'll come full circle. We'll take some of your calls. Um, but the ultimate call for today is support the crisis pregnancy centers in your area. Do not pull back. Yeah. From the crisis pregnancy centers that would, in your area. That, that would be the tendency. Yes. You know, after a, a great victory to be to kind of rest and, and say, okay, well, we don't have to do as much. No, because like you're, like you're saying, there still are um, crisis pregnancies. There, yes. there are women who have these needs. And these places are doing a great job yes. to provide uh, for those needs. And now, even more so... Um, with great threat to their own personal yes, safety, exactly, guys. Exactly. Like this is just unbelievable yeah. that this is the United States of America where now the directors, the executive directors, their volunteer, their staffs, their volunteers, their staff, these people now are missionaries of sorts mm. in a closed country of sorts. <laughs> I want you to just think about that. Like think about 
how much missionaries require when they go into a closed area, when they're doing work mm -hmm. that they cannot do freely without yeah. the fear of threat to their own personal safety. And now that's what we have with yeah. our executive directors, their assistants, their whole team, mm -hmm. their volunteers, right? And so this is, and again, it's not just the people who are on staff. It's the people who show up who are the counselors mm -hmm. who go in. Yeah. It's the women's ministry workers mm -hmm. who go in. So, so let me just say this to, to every Christian. <laughs> this is the time mm -hmm. for us to consider how we might help. Yeah, and, and I, I would say this, too. This is another, like, dead giveaway. You know, there's certain things that happen, and, and when you see the response, you know, like seeing how people are responding to uh, Roe being overturned is a dead giveaway of what side they're on, spiritually speaking. Yes. The things are manifesting. Like, you know, you Rising. this is a <laughs> demonic presence. You know, and you, you saw that when you have certain, like, uh, people like that claim to be witches was aligning on a certain side. It's like, man, that's a dead giveaway. Like witches, okay? So it, th this is another example when you see these people, you know, and then you hear all these threats mm -hmm. that, man, something more is going on, Listen, you know, than what we just see. That is an excellent point that you just made. And I, I actually had forgotten about the witches who came out and who were <laughs> conducting these incantations and yeah. who were actually being interviewed. I mean, like, like, I, you know, cause sometimes we're like, <laughs> really? Like broom riders? No, that's not, that's not what we're talking right. about. We're talking about wickedness. We're yeah. talking about principalities. We are talking about those who are operating in darkness. Yep. And I remember saying at the time, like just asking a question. So does it bother you to be on the side with the witches? Mm. Even if there are a lot of questions that we can't answer, we say, ah, you know, I don't know this. I don't know that. Like there's one big question that we could have mm -hmm. asked ourselves, right? Like say, am I comfortable being on the side with the witches? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, does that tell me anything about what is giveaway. at stake? What's going on here <laughs> right. that the witches are holding these like incantations and that they're mm -hmm. like casting these spells and, and they're bringing their their yeah. rabbit's feet and, and all of these things like does that bother I mean, us at all we said the same thing when it was revealed about black lives matter oh, and, and how they were chanting and all you know this is to ancestors it's a dead giveaway it's another that's another time you know hmm. where you can see what's really at play and this is this is that time yes. all right when we come back we're going to make our way through the program via clips so make sure you stay right there aaron the addison's american family radio we'll be right back Welcome back to Aaron the Addison's on American Family Radio. Appreciate you listening. I'm Miki. And I'm Will, and that's Canton Jones with no one greater. This is why we refuse to um, be controlled, like told what kind of terms we need to use. Like every time you look around, there's something new that you have to, you know, work into your lexicon. Like mm -hmm. you, now you have to say this. Now you have to, and so the whole thing with the whole, with the pregnant people. <laughs> pregnant people. Yeah. Come on, man. I need, 
I'm, I'm bringing my come on, man. Button. I think you should. Yeah, I, I, I really to. think you should. This I think it's ridiculous. something that has really helped to shape conversation yeah, here. Yeah, we play it every day, okay. though. Well, get, I mean, I'm not going to get tired of it because <laughs> it's appropriately placed. Um, but at Tuesday's Senate Judiciary Committee hearing, um, looking at a post-Roe America <laughs> and, and all of the trauma that is babies getting to live, mm-hmm. all of the trauma, all of the mm-hmm. violence mm-hmm. that is done because babies get to live, right? Oh, boy. Um. Senator Josh Hawley picked up on this, this pregnant person thing. And so then the right question is whether or not this becomes a question of women's rights or anything. Like, what, mm-hmm. what are we actually talking about here? And you're about to hear a clip here. This is University of California, Berkeley, UC Berkeley law professor, Kiara Bridges, who, as Will the Great and I talked about this earlier today, we thought about bringing in some additional clips to help... Um, to help shape what we perceive her to be doing. But, you know, we also try to be led by the spirit of God. So we yeah, thought, you we, know, maybe no. that's too too far. Yeah. Maybe it's too far. Yeah, maybe. We'll see, though, because <laughs> if it continues. <laughs> all right, here we go. This is clip one. Professor Bridges, you said several times you've used a phrase. I want to make sure I understand what you mean by it. You've referred to people with a capacity for pregnancy. Would that be women? Many women, cis women, have the capacity for pregnancy. Many cis women do not have the capacity for pregnancy. Um, there are also trans men who are capable of pregnancy, as well as non-binary people who are capable of pregnancy. So this isn't really a women's rights issue. It's a, it's, we can it's recognize a that this impacts women while also recognizing that it impacts other groups. Those things are not mutually exclusive, Senator Hawley. Oh, so your view is, is that the core of this, this right then is about what? So um, I want to recognize that your line of questioning um, is transphobic, <laughs> um, and it opens up trans people to violence by not recognizing that. Wow, you're saying that I'm opening up people to violence by asking whether or not women are the folks who can have pregnancies? So I'm one, I want to note that one out of five transgender uh, persons have attempted suicide. So I think it's important because of my line of questioning. Because so we can't talk about it. Because denying that trans people exist and pretending not to know that they exist. I'm is denying that trans people exist by asking are you? you if you're talking are you? about women are you? having pregnancies. Do you believe that there, uh, men can get pregnant? No, I don't think women can <laughs> so. Get you pregnant. are denying that trans people exist, Thank and you. that leads to violence. Is this how you run your classroom? Are students allowed to question you, Absolutely. or are they also treated like this, where no, you, no, no, they're, they're told that to they're a- opening up people to oh, violence? We have a good time in my class. You should join. Oh, I bet. You might learn a lot. Wow, I, I would learn a lot. I've learned you, a lot just in this exchange. Absolutely extraordinary. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> can you can you believe? Okay, so first of all, I just want to say I argued with her in high school. <laughs> I remember going back and forth with her in high school until a teacher came and was like, okay, stop. Yeah, you over here. You over person. here. Yeah. That, that's it. Yeah. That's it. Yeah, right. Basically. But to can, so <laughs> Senate Judiciary Committee hearing. This is a UC Berkeley law professor. All right. We already know based on a next gen survey. We already know that our high schoolers are self-censoring because they do not feel that they can write um, an opposite p- opinion or an opposing view mm-hmm. or or speak out an opposing view against their teachers. This is at the high school level. So imagine what that looks like when they're when they head off to university. Right. All right. <laughs> so this 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 woman, Kiara Bridges, <sighs> is a professor of law. Uh, look. 
I'm not impressed. Okay, so she is another reason why we are not forcing university on our children. Yeah. yeah. She is another example as to why we would never, ever, ever assume automatically that the next step for our kids, once they are done at our home, right, <laughs> to go to the university. Right. This is insane. Look. But again, notice how she shapes the conversation. Any mention of biological fact mm -hmm. is violence. It is a threat against so-called trans people. Notice, notice that as the line of questioning continues, it is, hold on a second, I just, I just, I just want to stop I just here. Acknowledge that you're transphobic. Oh my goodness. Like, what? So she get she she's getting pressed. And so she got to immediately go to the, the talking points and the speaking. Exactly like this right. Is what, you know, this is the, the combat mode. Like, I'm not going to answer your question, you know, because I can't. And I do sound dumb by saying what I'm Completely. saying. So I'm going to turn this around and make an accusation against you. You know, and I'm going to say this because we mentioned this yesterday. And so I always want to stay on the eternally winning side. But we mentioned this yesterday that this is an incredible moment for the so-called women's rights activists. Right. To say, wait, we <laughs> we we can't even defend what we have called for so long a woman's right to choose. Like, what do you call Man. it now? Like, what do you crazy? It's a thing's right. It's a it's it's just a right. It's and, just a and, right. And look, the point I was making to you earlier. Yes. Was that and I'm just going to say they're using black people. Yeah. For their, you know, because of the struggle, yep. the, the real struggle that took place in yep. America. So they, they're using black people like her mm -hmm. to get their agenda passed. Yep. And so she's saying all this stuff. She's saying the, the talking points yep. and all of that. And she's being used. They don't care about her. No. Now, she may be getting no. paid and stuff like that. Yeah. But she claimed they, these people claim to be woke. So it's, it's a type of symbiotic relationship. They're destroying the people that they say that they're trying to, like, really help. Right. And it's crazy. Exactly right. Because she would be team shut down all of the crisis pregnancy centers. Right. Right. Because those things, those things aren't real. Those things don't really provide services to They're women. Fake. Right. Those are right. those are fake clinics. Right. When in actuality, all that the crisis pregnancy center is providing includes medical help mm -hmm. and so much more. And, and Senator Holly. People that look like her. That. Oh. Okay. That's my like this you is are why fighting I like against with you. This is why I like working with you. Go ahead. She's working against what she's what she's saying that she's standing up for. Come on. Like people that look like her are benefiting from crisis pregnancy. Overwhelmingly. Scenes. Overwhelmingly. Overwhelmingly. That's so crazy. Not just the counseling toward the dignity of the life that is growing inside of you, but the perp the purchase of diapers. Mm-hmm. The installation of the car seat that was also purchased through the crisis pregnancy center, the purchasing of the formula, mm -hmm. the Wipes, classes for yeah. the parents yes. who are in a situation where they're like, we don't really know. We don't have a support system. And the crisis pregnancy center is there. You know who's not there? You know who historically has not been there? The Planned Parenthood um, clinic workers for the post-abortive patient. Mm. Right. They're not like last After time I done, checked, they're go, not like go going ahead. to knock on your yeah, door go ahead and go. to check and see how you're doing. Right. 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 And so but what we've done is we've obscured this. We don't talk about it. 
right? We just kind of allow these things to be. But here's clip two. This is Senator Hawley picking up on the fact that it needs to be nationally known. It needs to be nationally known what crisis pregnancy centers are actually doing. Um, This is Heidi Matsky, who is the director for Alternatives Pregnancy Center in Sacramento, California. This is her being asked a question about whether or not they have legitimate Mm -hmm. medical staff. Here we go. Ms. Matsky, let me ask you something. So you provide health care to women free of charge, right? Is that, is that right? You've Absolutely. Done this, you've done this for many years. Yep. You have licensed medical professionals at your pregnancy care centers. Is, is that right? That is correct. And what are some of the, the resources that you provide for women who, who come to you in a time of need? So, just give us a, you, you talked about it in your written testimony, but just give us a, a sense yeah. of it. So we have three OBGYN doctors, five registered nurses, nurse practitioners, physician assistants, phlebotomists, medical assistants, and we provide prenatal care, OBGYN care. We provide pregnancy tests, ultrasounds, well woman visits, breast exams. Uh, we provide a wide range of medical services. Yes. So what do you think about the D.C. politicians now saying that your clinic and the other 3,000 pregnancy care centers around this country are, are, are fake medical clinics. For instance, Senator Warren has said, it's now more important than ever to crack down on so-called crisis pregnancy centers that mislead and deceive patients. Senator Menendez, crisis pregnancy centers jeopardize women's health and well-being, all while elevating unproven theories about birth control. Uh, Senator Warner wrote to Google asking them to censor search results for care centers like yours, saying directing women to fake clinics that traffic in misinformation is dangerous to women's health and undermines the integrity of Google's search results. Uh, are, are, do you run a fake clinic? I mean, is, is that what's happening here? You don't provide actual medical care to actual women? We absolutely do not. Um, run a fake clinic, and we have a full medical staff. Like I said, many of our medical professionals have experienced abortion for themselves, including our OBGYN doctor who used to perform abortions. So our entire medical staff is there for women, whether they choose abortion and walk out the door or whether they choose life for their baby, and we support them for years after that. Um. (laughs) But wait, there's so much more. There's so much more, right? Because it's not only that you have these politicians calling the crisis pregnancy centers that are caring for women. Not only are they calling them fake clinics, but they're also calling for them to be shut down. So this is this gets back to my original point here. Church, we've got to stand in the gap. Yeah, we cannot just sit back and say, "Okay, you know, it'll it'll all work out." Now is the time that we've got to go full throttle. We say, "Okay, we've been praying for this. Mm-hmm. We've asked the Lord to spare these babies in our country. We've repented of the sin of abortion in our land." Now is the time that you've got to keep your foot on the gas, which yeah. means that you've got to support your local crisis pregnancy center. They're doing they're doing all that Ms. Matsey mentioned here and and so much more. Mm-hmm. I mean, you, and, and you think about it, you've got people like Elizabeth Warren. And again, this, this is the notebook falling. Yeah. And this is it opening to the page that says, next plan of attack. Right. Get rid of these crisis pregnancy centers. Now, I want to play this. This is clip three here. Mm-hmm. And then I want to come back. Because can I tell you, I want to tell you something. 
the attention right now that's on the crisis pregnancy centers is not only because of the saving work that they do for babies. It's not only the saving work for the baby, naturally speaking. Mm, Yeah. But remember, we are not wrestling against flesh and blood. So there's got to be an eternal reason why these people are writhing. There's a reason that the witches come out, guys. Come on. Is a spiritual reason yes. that the and people Christians let us just be comfortable dealing in this area. This is a real battle. Yeah. Else Paul wouldn't have written to us about it. Come on. So there's a reason when the witches are all hands on deck. <laughs> so there's a reason that attention is turned to the crisis pregnancy centers, and it is not only that babies' natural lives are being saved. It is that the gospel is being declared right. in many of these crisis pregnancy centers all across the country. Mm. So I want, so in clip three, when you hear Elizabeth Warren, please understand that this is not only about abortion. Yeah. There's spiritual implications here. In Massachusetts right now, those crisis pregnancy centers that are there to fool people who are looking for pregnancy termination help outnumber true abortion clinics by three to one. We need to shut them down here in Massachusetts and we need to shut them down all around the country. You should not be able to torture a pregnant person like that. But the babies, though, torture away. Pregnant person. The torture away. You should not be able to torture the pregnant person. Guys, that's ridiculous. Okay. But the baby, torture, torture away. away. Yeah. Torture away. no regard. Scalpel. Forceps, pull them like that. That's totally fine. Right. But here we are again, guys. And it's getting back to all of the terminology that's woven in there. But the spiritual implications of this cannot be overlooked. Right. The gospel is declared in crisis pregnancy centers all across this country because you cannot have a legitimate conversation about the value of worth and dignity of a person Mm. without discussing God, without discussing what Jesus Christ has done. And so this becomes a very natural on-ramp to talking to a mother about eternity and about eternal life. And these people hate this. And that's why it's far easier for them to just dismiss it as a fake clinic. Mm. It doesn't matter how much actually happens there. The one thing that really ruffles them is that the gospel is preached. Exactly. It's that the value of life is restored and it's anchored and rooted in the knowledge of God. They hate that. And make no mistake about it. This whole move to like, you know, shut them down. Terrorize people who would go there to get their services. Right. Make make it one of those things where it's like you don't want to be found at one of these places. Guys, because that's what we're looking at. We're looking at a type of domestic terrorism when you've got people spray painting on buildings. And as you're going to hear in another clip when we get back on the other side of the break, when you've got people showing up with machetes, what you are doing is creating hostile ground, hostile territory for women, by the way, who are the only people of the two who can be pregnant. Right. (laughs) Yeah. When you've got women who are in desperate situations having to go into a place that has graffiti on the walls or on the outside of the building. All right, this is Aaron the Addison. 
Addison's America. <laughs> we'll be right back. My God is a big guy. He's a great guy. He's a big guy. Big guy. He's a great guy. Yeah, he's greater than the rest. Yeah, he's greater than the rest. My God is a big guy. He's a great guy. He's a big guy. Big guy. He's a great guy. Yeah, he's greater than the rest. Our clinic alone in Sacramento provides over a million dollars of free medical services each year to women who come to us. We charge them nothing. That means we never financially benefit from any choice a woman makes. We make no profit of any kind off the women who turn to us for help. We offer pregnancy tests, ultrasounds, prenatal care up to 24 weeks, well woman visits. We test and treat for sexually transmitted diseases. We offer abortion pill reversal services, abortion recovery counseling, and parenting classes. And if finances are a problem, we have diapers, wipes, baby formula, baby food, baby clothing, baby supplies. Um, and if a woman needs a hotel room, we provide that as well. We pay for all of that. It doesn't matter who she is, where she comes from, or what her past is. That's a far cry from the um, organ harvesting of a few years ago, the I want a Lamborghini. Oh, that's a, I mean, uh, you know, it's, it's like, uh, you know, here are these while pets, eating a salad. While eating a, I, you know, I'm going to cut here. I'm going to cut because, you know, I, uh, I want to save and harvest. And, and oh so, we, you know, and I'm trying to be careful here. But listen, guys, this is what we're up against. Right. <laughs> this is what we're up against. It has always been true for Christians that we do it better because we do it with eternity and focus. Amen. It's always been true. Mm-hmm. Hospitals, mm-hmm. right? Care for community. Orphanages. Orphanages. orphanages yes. Education. Yes. Why, why do we do it better? We do it better. We do it more efficiently. We do it more effectively because we have always done it with eternity in view. That's right. And so anything that's operating outside of that is mediocre. Mm. Guys, unfortunately for us, we have turned to the world we have allowed the world to dupe us into thinking that they set the standard. Mm-hmm. So we send our kids to their schools. We, we, we tell our kids that they need to be accepted and validated by them, not the Addisons. It's not happening. <laughs> we, don't, we don't hold it up in front of them, guys. You, you are in control of that. Among your kids and your grandkids, you are in control over what you hold up in front of them as the standard that they should uh, aspire to. Right. So, so you, don't, you don't have to hold up the Kiara Bridges. <laughs> right. Of the world. Please, please don't. Just don't do it. Man, Just do don't. not do it. But here you've got the crisis pregnancy centers that are wearing themselves out in support and care for women. Genuine love for women and babies and the men who show up. And the thing is, you know, I know I remember talking to Pastor. Not Joseph. pregnant, by the way. Show up with the pregnant women. Yeah, Let me yeah, just make, make sure because I don't want Bridges make, to make, be like, make see, that, I told you. Make that clear. But the pregnancy uh, centers are not even well funded in a lot of, you know, uh, situations. Unfortunately. Unfortunately, you know. And, and so that, that, that shows something else about us as the people of God that we need to make sure that these places are well funded. Yeah. It's not that the money is not there. Yeah. It's just a priority thing. It's just a hard thing. You change know? change what you're thinking. Let me give the number, 888-589-8840. If you want to comment on what we're talking about today, you can give us a call, 888-589-8840. Listen, change what you're thinking about 
post Roe America. Mm-hmm. Because I'm 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 concerned that it has given us a false sense of completion. Mm. When you see wicked men and women among us who are not done, it's mm. not over, it's not finished. When you see them snarling, <laughs> when you see it's not over, guys, let us not withdraw. Let us not pull back. We have to be salt and light. We have to do all that that entails, right? That includes funding the crisis pregnancy centers. Personally, through your church, volunteering, bringing down supplies, if you are in law enforcement, and I cannot stress this enough because I know that there are brothers among us who are like, well, you know, I don't, I'm not, I don't know what I could do. If you're in law enforcement, if you've worked in security, if you've done anything like that, crisis pregnancy centers need your help. And we've got clip number five here just to show the demand and the need and if this is any indication of where we're going, so it is sort of like the the aftermath of Roe, which really puts all hands on deck, yeah. right? Because the threat is real. Mm. Here again, this is clip five. Just last week, as the exhibit shows, uh, a man approached our care center with an armed machete. We have been forced to hire 24-hour on-site security. We've had to reinforce doors and bulletproof our walls. We've had to paint our building with anti-graffiti coating. We've added cameras, armed our staff with pepper spray, and stopped running our mobile clinic because of threats of violence. We have been forced to expend valuable resources, resources for women of up to $150,000 just to protect ourselves. Why? Because we offer free care to women. What we do, though, is worth the risk. Every community needs a place for women facing unplanned pregnancies who are seeking dependable medical resources in a safe, caring environment during one of the most difficult times of their lives. Again, that's Heidi Matsky, who is the executive director for Alternatives Pregnancy Center in Sacramento. Um, our, it's not over. It's not over. It's not over. Okay, so we had a moment, guys, and, you know, we had a moment, and it was a great moment where we were able to say, whoa, this is, this is fantastic. We were able to hug one another and high five. And I think for some people, it's just like, whoa, shaking your head, like, I can't believe it's actually real. I can't right. believe it's actually real that we live in a post-Roe America, yeah. right? Where for for the first time in almost 50 years, we are actually aligned with our constitution. We, we are actually telling the truth, mm. right? <laughs> but we can't stop there. We can't stop there. It's, it, it's sort of like, you know, doing the dance, and here I go with the sports references that I Uh-oh. really need to steer clear of. <laughs> All right, just tell me, okay? It's like doing the dance Right before you get to the end zone, but you're not exactly over the line, okay. and then you get that tackled. Work. That that works. Can I do that? The celebration before celebration. You even, you're yes. not there. You think you're there, and you're but you look down. And it's like oh man, but it's too late because now boom. Okay. Mm, yes. So what I want to say is this: Yes, it is right for us to to celebrate. It is right for us to praise God. It is right for us to be grateful. Mm-hmm. But the work must continue. We've got executive directors of crisis pregnancy centers all across this country who are in desperate need of help, yeah. they may not have the $150,000 in their budget mm-hmm. that Miss Matsky was just describing here. Mm-hmm. All right? Most of them don't. Like, But can speaking. I tell you, they should. Yeah. They should. Yeah. And they, we need the volunteers to show up on site and help. Yeah. 
All right, let me go to the phone lines here. 888-589-8840. Will the Great, where do we go first? All right, let's go to Diana in North Carolina. Hi, Diana. Hi. Um, I hear studies all the time that are nonsensical. I was just wondering if they had ever done a study to see how many women have tried to commit suicide for an early-term abortion, a mid-term abortion, and a late-term abortion to see how many women have tried to have taken their own lives or tried to take their own lives. Oh, wow. There was a, oh, hold on a second. I remember a few years ago reading a study that had similar information to the question that you're asking. Now, off the top of my head, I don't remember all of that information. Let me see if I could do some digging. I remember there was a study that I, goodness, that looked at um, the emotional state of women who terminated their pregnancies and even suicide ideation. I don't remember where I was reading that or where it would be found, but I'm sure we could, I, I want to say do a quick search, but let's be honest, it's <laughs> right. going to be a pages and pages and pages and pages search because that type of information is not going to make its way to the top of the search. No. Um, let me find out. Let me find out for you because I think that is a grand question because I think the point that you're driving at here is that we're so quick to talk about suicide mm-hmm. and, and talk about the threats of violence, right? Mm-hmm. Especially when you're talking about sexual identity and all of those things. But we do not acknowledge the trauma that is being post-abortive. Yeah, and there, there are ministries that serve women and men who are post-abortive. Like, yeah. that, that's, a, that's a big deal. Absolutely. It's a big deal. Mm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to find that. I remember reading that a few years ago. All right, Will the Great, where do we go next? All right, let's go to Geneva in Arkansas. Is that right? Hello? Oh, I'm sorry. Let's go to Donna in Texas. Donna I'm in sorry. Texas. Donna in Texas. Hello. Hi. Hi. Hello. Will the Great, you hit it on the head. You hit the nail on the head. I have the privilege of serving for our local um, uh, pregnancy center, mm-hmm. and I co-facilitate a confidential abortion recovery education Bible study. Mm. Now, I've never read any um, um, statistics, but I'm sure I'm not mistaken when I say, well, it's been my experience, most of the women that we see in this uh, abortion recovery, um, they're up in age. Mm. They've held this uh, trauma good word, they've held this trauma in their lives mm-hmm. for so long, mm-hmm. and this uh, Bible study helps them to realize who they are in Christ, what the Word says, what God says about them, and that they have forgiveness. Mm-hmm. They don't mention the other side. They don't mention the trauma of, um, of, of abortion, of killing your baby, mm-hmm. and they're all on top of that. But then when the when the mother who did that is living this life of um, um, mental illness and whatever else it causes, then they have no place for them. They have no help for them. Yeah. Wow. Donna, I Thank just you, Donna. look, I, I just want to say um, it, it's amazing that I, I, I and I know that this is a little bit counterintuitive because we feel like, wait a minute, like we just we're celebrating a major victory. I just got to say the fight continues. So thank you so much for the service that you're providing. Mm. I mean, in eternity, the work Amen. that you're doing matters and it will continue to matter because what we're dealing with is a sin of the heart. Now, now more babies are going to be saved and more babies are going to be spared mm-hmm. because you don't have the ease of access. 
But remember, what we're dealing with is a sin of the heart, yeah. right? And this is why the counselors are so important. Yeah. This is why the work that CPCs do is so important. Yeah. So Donna, thank you. Praise still God for the work, work that you're doing. Done. There is still work <laughs> to be done. Yes. Well, the great, where do we go next? All right, let's go to Geneva in Arkansas. Hi, Geneva. Hello there, my brother and sisters. Hello. Hello. This is <laughs> this is going to be short and sweet, but you know it. it when I watch the news, it just breaks my heart, but it makes me mad too. They talk talk about women's rights and women's rights. Well, what in the world about the baby's rights and everything? Mm. If they Come don't on. want the baby, then stay out of the playpen. What I say. Mm. Yeah, you're right. Listen. I mean, that's, that's bottom line. That's the root of it. That's the root of a lot of of this, you know, that don't want to deal with consequences of sin. That's right. You know, that's right. That's right. Look, and, and let me let me let me say this, too, because, I, you know, this this whole conversation that we are privy to where there is the oh, we're, we're turning into, you know, this dystopian. It's the handmaid's tale where you are forcing women to have babies. It's amazing, right. though, because we actually live in the kind of society that if they had it their way, they would force women to have abortions. Mm. You, you understand what Man. we're talking about when we talk about population control? When you've got people who have an agenda, when you've got people who think that there's only supposed to be a certain number of people on the planet. Right. Like, guys, <laughs> this, this is the reality of where we are. So, so they're afraid of The Handmaid's Tale. I don't know what book would be the counterpart to that. I don't know what you would... <laughs> But these people, if they had it their way, mm -hmm. would celebrate without any type of obstruction. They would celebrate the murder of babies. Right. That's, that's what they're doing right now. Yeah. That's what they're doing right yeah. now. All right. Well, the great. Where do we go next? All right. Let's go to Carlos in Louisiana. Hi, Carlos. Yeah. Uh, thanks for taking my call. Mm -hmm. uh, Y'all doing a great job. Thank you. Um, what I, I, I got personally experienced with all of this, you know, uh, being a man, you know. Uh, I, I think I was on here yesterday talking about my daughter and, you know, how she, she cried herself to sleep and mm -hmm. uh, everything, you know, and, mm -hmm. and said, you know, I just, I just killed my baby and I can't get her back. Mm -hmm. And, uh, well, anyhow, everything works out, worked out. She won't do that anymore. And, and several of the other girls that I'd been associated with, you know, uh, over the years, you know, in church and different things, they mm -hmm. said, you know, if they could do it over again, they would. Right. You know. Right. Because All of right. the trauma involved in that, because because that's of right. the trauma that's involved in that. Let me just say this, though. And, and, and I know that this may not be the scope of what our brother wants to comment on. But if I could just jump in to make a point mm -hmm. to our brothers in Christ who are listening. We do not. You do not. Brothers, you do not need to preface your comment on the murder of babies by acknowledging that you're a man. Our culture has done this. Mm. Our culture has forced men to say now, okay, <laughs> excuse me, I'm a man. Listen, okay, every time there's a pregnancy, there's a man. That's right. That's right. Every time, yes. okay, that there is a pregnancy, all right? So we don't need to buy into their lies that you've got to give some kind of disclaimer or permission to speak, please. Because what have they done? They've, they've, they've come up with all of these terms that it's, co it's called mansplaining and all, when men start to speak. Guys, Crazy. let that not be named among us. Come on. We have the eternal truth of God's word that people are made in God's image. They have worth and value because of that fact. Amen. 
if you're a man or if you're a woman, you can assert that. Yes. And in fact, man or woman, you must assert that. Amen. Amen. Our worth is derived from the fact that we are made in God's image. All right. The work continues until tomorrow. Lord willing. God bless.